Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for November 12, 2019. I am Michael Obeya. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. Before I continue, I want to apologize for the fact that we have been off air for over a week now, and that has been due to the technical difficulties we were having. I'm glad to say that those technical difficulties have been resolved and we should be smooth sailing from now going forward. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe, and hit the bell icon if there's one at the bottom of your screen so you can get notified anytime we upload new videos. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he intends at the end of time to raise a government of people that shall rule with him. Now, today, November 12th, I think we should discuss the current trend um, towards the establishment of the one world government, the Antichrist government, as we have spoken about on this channel uh, a few times before. Today, we want to concentrate on Africa, particularly West Africa, and the movements being made there towards the um, coalescing of governments and individuals around a single currency. Um, for now, there is a currency that is supposed to be um, um, implemented or established um, in 2020 called the ECO, E-C-O, which is supposed to replace all the currencies of the countries that make up West Africa. Um, people are really excited about this, especially those um, Africans who feel France has been a sort of um, colonizing um, nation that insists that the um, former French-speaking um, African countries in West and Central Africa maintain um, the use of currencies that are printed in France and in which the French Central Bank determines how much they can have. So there's a lot of patriotic and uh, nationalistic zeal about this um, a potential new African-owned currency called the ECO. Um, go straight to the point. I am um, personally not fully persuaded or convinced about the, um, the, the value or the benefit of this move. I personally, based on what I know about scripture, see this as yet another step towards the implementation of the government of the Antichrist, to be able to put people under control of one currency. Because if you can have all the money controlled from one central place over a whole group of nations, then you can control those people if you can control who controls the money. And we can see uh, uh, some semblance of this taking place in Europe right now. We spoke about this in some other videos. We remember the financial crisis of 2008 and how countries were not able to bail themselves out of their economic troubles. They had to depend on the European Central Bank and countries like Greece and Spain and Portugal went through a lot of tough times, a lot of hardship. Now, if countries in Europe went through what they went through, what do you think will happen in countries like Togo, Benin, um, uh, uh, and other smaller West African countries? A lot of people have said, oh, this is going to give Nigeria the opportunity to be the dominant partner um, because Germany is the dominant partner in, in Europe. I don't see that. I, I see both Nigeria and all these other countries going down a tunnel of, a, of, a never, of, of, of no return, headed towards destruction, and the peoples of these nations headed towards destruction. And 
many Christians will say, this is no business of ours. This is worldly things. We shouldn't be talking about this. We should just be talking about the Bible. Well, this is the Bible we're talking about. This is real life. This is what the word of God warned us against. And it's the Christians, it's the believers that have the knowledge of what time it is, the meaning and the, and the, the consequences of the decisions that are being made. And we need to sound the alarm. I am not 100% certain that what I'm saying is going to happen. I'm saying that it looks like what we were warned about. And today we are going to go through scripture. We're going to go through scripture, not too many, but enough to persuade you that this needs to be given a second thought, that this, this march down to single, I think we, we need more currencies, not less. We need more independence of currencies, of, of, of financial, of, of financial uh, instruments, so that those people who are productive and need mediums of exchange are able to have access to that. We don't need less, we need more. So anyway, let's you know, take a look as I often do, let's uh, take a look at a clip. It's about an eight minute clip on um, this new currency and um, the history of you know, the um, relationship between France especially and its former colonies and how they expect this new you know, currency to be able to help these, um, these former colonies become more independent, become develop stronger economies. I say I don't buy it. I do not like the fact that yes, that France has to, you know, print money for them and all of that. I get the nationalistic feeling and all of that. But I don't think they should jump from the frying pan into the fire. So why don't I just go ahead, play this clip for you, and we can come back and we'll talk about it, look at some scriptures also, okay? Just over 30 years after the idea was initially conceived, it appears that the whole of West Africa will now be adopting one currency. On the 29th of June 2019, the leaders of the 15 countries that make up the economic community of West African states, ECOWAS, agreed to adopt the ECO as the new single currency. If all goes to plan, then the existing national currencies of all of the countries in the region will be replaced by the ECO by as early as next year. One of the most significant effects of this new development is that it will mark the end of the CFA franc, the currency used by eight of the 15 ECOWAS member states. The subject of many debates, protests, and political speeches, the CFA franc is seen by many as not just a relic of French colonialism in Africa, but as a strategic tool which is used by the French government to maintain dominance over its former colonies. To really understand why the CFA franc is such a blood-boiling topic, one must look at this history. In 1945, France, under the interim leadership of Charles de Gaulle, established the CFA as the currency for all of its African colonies. The name CFA stood for Colonie Française d'Afrique, which can be translated to English as French Colonies of Africa. But after the decolonization process of the 50s and 60s, the CFA zone reduced in size as Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia and Madagascar all developed their own national currencies. However, the newly independent Western and Central African French colonies retained the CFA as their currencies. Today, 
There are two CFA currencies still in use across Africa. The first is the West African CFA, which now stands for Communauté Financière d'Afrique, which in English means Financial Communities of Africa, and is the currency of Benin, Burkina Faso, Guinea-Bissau, Ivory Coast, Mali, Niger, Senegal, and Togo. And the second CFA is the Central African CFA, which now stands for Coopération Financière en Afrique Centrale, which means the Financial Cooperation in Central Africa, and is the currency of Cameroon, Central African Republic, Chad, Republic of Congo, Equatorial Guinea, and Gabon. The big scandal in all of this is that 50 years after the supposed independence of these countries, France still maintains a tight grip over the currencies of the 14 former colonies that make up the two CFA zones. Like something from a weird and wacky conspiracy theory, France's influence is so entrenched that even the CFA notes and coins are printed in France before being transported to the countries where they will be used. The amount of CFA francs in circulation, as well as the exchange rate, are both determined by the French finance minister. The CFA is also pegged to the euro, and in order to maintain parity with the euro, the central banks of the members of the CFA zones are required to deposit 50% of their currency reserves in the French central bank. The value of African reserve assets held in Paris were recently estimated at 20 billion US dollars. And even worse, these deposits are subject to negative interest, meaning that the African governments are actually paying for their money to be stored in France. Quite understandably, many are outraged by this situation, arguing that through this arrangement, France strangles the economies of the CFA countries by limiting the liquidity of their central banks and thereby blocking their access to investment capital. The fact that the CFA is pegged to the euro means that when the euro is strong, the CFA is also strong. Now this is very handy for the rich and powerful members of the African elite who enjoy frequent trips to Europe and own foreign properties. But for the local businesses who rely on exporting their goods to neighboring countries with weaker currencies, a strong CFA is a major problem. In periods of economic growth, African central banks are hindered from increasing the money supply to match economic growth predictions. And so growing businesses struggle to access the funds they need to invest, as banks simply do not have enough cash to lend. According to Togolese economist Kako Nubukbo, there is a rationing of credit, and so banks are very reluctant to lend to businesses. And even when they do, they lend in small amounts and at high interest rates. But why, despite all the apparent negatives, have African leaders not opted to simply leave the CFA zone after all these years? According to some, the CFA is actually a key component of the shadow neocolonial system which has been popularly termed La France-Afrique. According to the proponents of this viewpoint, the French government actively works to select and keep in power only those African leaders that are committed to serving French interests in Africa. Whether or not this is actually the case is a topic for another video. The official justification which is generally given is the idea that staying in this Franco-African monetary union guarantees monetary stability across the region. You see, unlike the vast majority of other African currencies, the CFA is actually very stable due to the fact that it's pegged to the euro. France's restrictions on money printing means that the CFA zones enjoy very low levels of inflation when compared to other African countries in the region. By way of comparison, the inflation figures of Senegal and Ivory Coast for June 2019 were 2.1% and 1.2% respectively 
while in Nigeria and Ghana, those figures were 11.2% and 9.1%. With the emergence of the ECHO, however, it would appear that the leaders of French-speaking West Africa have finally decided that the need for independence trumps any perceived benefits of staying tied to France. For the Romantics, the adoption of the ECHO would be a fairy tale ending in which the villain that is France will be defeated once and for all. However, the reality might turn out to be quite different. Some have argued that by switching from the CFA to the ECO, Francophone West Africa will simply be handing over control from France to Nigeria. You see, as of 2019, Nigeria represents two-thirds of the GDP of the entire ECOWAS region and is home to about half of its entire population. Quite understandably, some commentators are predicting that the ecozone will be dominated by Nigeria in a manner much more severe than how the Eurozone is dominated by Germany. But maybe this is a risk worth taking. By choosing to adopt the same currency, the ECOWAS member states anticipate that they will be able to boost interregional trade between member states. Their hope is that the adoption of this new currency could help to double and perhaps even triple interstate trade from the current total of 10% to a more impressive 20 or even 30% over the next decade. In any case, a full 2020 rollout of the ECO is not necessarily set in stone. As a safety mechanism, the ECOWAS member states also identified three criteria that must be satisfied before the ECO can be adopted. One, an inflation rate of less than 5%. Two, a budget deficit of less than 3% of GDP. And three, foreign reserves that can cover over three months worth of imports. The pink elephant in the room is that as of 2019, no one member state has managed to satisfy all three of the agreed criteria. But will the situation be different by this time next year? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But regardless of whether or not the new currency will be rolled out by 2020, for all of West Africa is a good idea? Share your thoughts in the comment section and let's get the debate going. There's a whole lot to unpack from this video we just saw. I'm not going to attempt to do that in this broadcast. You can replay that video at your own time with your family and friends and discuss some of these points. Number one, a lot of people say Nigeria constitutes about two-thirds of the economy of West Africa. But does Nigeria really produce those things that make up the goods and services of West Africa? Or is Nigeria a great trading nation? And will that trading status of Nigeria make West Africa a dumping ground for goods produced in places like Asia and other parts of the world. It's the quality of life of the people who make up the country Nigeria better than the quality of life in the people in the so-called poor countries like Benin, Togo, and so on. We need to understand what the full ramifications of these things are. These broadcasts are not simply about economics or politics. It's about how current events are viewed from the lens of scripture, not emotion, the emotional sense of, you know, 
We want to be independent of France. It's a shame that France is producing our money and telling us how much to spend. Well, look, if you don't know how to do something, let someone else help you while you learn. Let's take a look at that um, scripture again. It's uh, the Revelation um, 13, verses 11 to 18. Okay. It says, and I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exercised all the power of the first beast before him, and caused the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score, and six, 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 six. Now, some things that I need to say about what we just read in Revelation 13. I am not saying that Revelation 13 is talking about the West African currency or the Euro, anything like that. I'm saying that the concept of a universal currency or a regional currency puts us in the position in which it is easier for us to be manipulated for someone else to be able to determine whether you and i can buy or sell whether you and i can do business with one another it there is there no one has explained to you why this is so necessary why this is so important why must you all throw away the money that you have, the currencies that you use, okay? They say, oh, well, because now you can use your currency anywhere. Fine, why don't you allow us to use the currencies we currently use anywhere? You see, the reality is this, in anything that has to do with free enterprise, it needs to be free. Who is going to be controlling this? You are just giving yourself over to somebody you don't even know who, where, when, anything. Somebody someplace is going to determine how much money should be printed, who should get it, when it should go. If you're a naughty boy, that's it. You don't get to spend any money. And that doesn't necessarily mean when we talk about money that we're talking about some cash that you have in your hands like in the old days. Now this is all going to be digital. It's all going to be digital. And one person somewhere is going to be controlling this. 
For this reason, I say we ought to pull back from something like this. Those of us who are believers, those of us who believe the word of God, those of us who believe that there's coming a one world government, we need to make take steps to protect ourselves and protect our family, protect our loved ones from these things. In the book of Peter, I think it's the second, it's second Peter. He said, when Noah was told that a flood was coming, that he moved with fear to protect himself and his family. He began to build the boats. He began to build the ark. It took him 40 years and he worked and he worked to protect himself and his family and they survived. Peter said, since we know that this world in which we live in is going to come under destruction in which the elements shall be melted with a fervent heat. And he's speaking there, yes, about spiritual realities and also physical realities, nuclear war and anarchy. He says, we should begin to prepare ourselves just the way Noah fled and to prepare himself. And that's what we're doing with these messages. Okay, we're trying to alert you that something is coming and you need to begin to prepare yourself. You need to begin to harvest and, and, and protect and, and plant and protect and food and resources for your children and your family because there's coming a tribulation upon this earth, a great tribulation for a period of time in which those who seek to live righteously will never be permitted to buy or sell unless you receive the mark. What's the mark? Okay. It's not necessarily somebody's going to come stamp your forehead with a stamp or stamp your hands with some stamp. Okay. It's referring to something spiritual. I don't want to go into that today. But nevertheless, you need to begin to take away all these entangling encumbrances, all these things that encumber you and hold you bound. Okay. You're a member of this club and that club. You're a member of this association and that association. You're a member of this and that. Attaching yourself to people who are not preparing themselves for God. This is the time to begin to look for people who you will meet with who are preparing themselves for the coming of the Lord. Who are preparing themselves. If right now you go to the supermarket and the shelves are empty, there's no food. How are you going to feed your family for the next two weeks, for the next two months, for the next two years? What arrangements have you made for that? That's why we're talking about these things. We're not just talking about the eco. We're not just talking about the currency. We're not just talking about euro. We're not just talking about money. We're talking about you being prepared for what is to come. You have to understand that the Antichrist is following an old script. There's nothing new in this. Like Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. This is an old script. The Bible says that the whole earth was of one tongue. And they came together and said, let us do something. Build ourselves a city and a tower that will reach to the heavens. And God came down and saw what they did. And having mercy and love for them, scattered their language so they could no longer understand one another. And that's how men dispersed all over the world. Remember, God had created man and told man, disperse all over the earth and replenish the earth and be fruitful and multiply. But these guys had a totally different idea. They wanted to come together, have their own one world currency, their own one world government, and their own one world city. And that's what you are involved in today. That's what you're doing today again. You have began to build another Tower of Babel today. One world religion, one world government, one world currency. And this is what is taking place, my friends. Do not be deceived. Let no one deceive you. 
let's take a look at let's take a look at the book of Genesis. Let's take a look at the book of Genesis. Uh, Genesis chapter eleven. Let's look at Genesis chapter eleven. And we're going to take it from Genesis chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 1 to 9. All right, Genesis 11 from verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Verse 2. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Come or go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, which means come, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, what are they trying to stop? They're trying to stop from scattering upon the earth. What did God make man to do? To be scattered upon the face of the earth. The opposite of what God wanted for them. Did they know any better? Probably not. Okay. Just like those of you who are clamoring for one currency, one government, one, one religion. You don't know what you're asking for. Okay. All right. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower with the churn of men build it. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, that means come, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Notice they hadn't even started building the tower yet. Okay. Now, verse 9 says, Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. And that's how we got scattered upon the face of the earth. Why did God come to stop them building the city and the tower? Why? Because God understood that if the people put themselves under the under one government, it was easier now for them to be taken over by Satan. And he knew if they had liberty and freedom and were scattered upon the face of the earth, then only the Spirit of God could move and control them. And people are going against this principle that was set by the Lord from the beginning, from the foundation. And they all think this is such a beautiful thing. You are all going to have one currency in West Africa. You all are going to have one currency in Europe. And can't you see even Europe as wealthy as it is? Look how they're suffering. Imagine what's going to happen to the poor people of Africa if they get themselves into that nonsense. The word of God is here to guide us and to teach us, to protect us. There is nothing that the word of God hasn't something to say and to guide us to give us a principle on how to move concerning that environment don't let anyone confuse you don't let anybody persuade you that look mike is mike is mike is left talking about the kingdom 
He's no longer preaching about the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ and peace and holiness and righteousness. Now he's talking about one world government. He's talking about currencies, talking about politics. He's talking about this. Listen, the word of God applies to everything. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul from spirit. There's nothing hidden from it. That's what the Bible says. Nothing is hidden from the word of God. The word of God applies to everything small and great. We have decided to focus on this for now. To give those of you who are asleep an opportunity to wake up from your slumber and prepare and protect your family for what is to come. Let's look at one last scripture. I want to use look at something from the New Testament. I want to look at the book of Acts chapter 8 from verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 8 from verse 1 to 4. Let's see if we can find that, okay? Acts chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. And this is before the Apostle Paul became the Apostle Paul. He was then called Saul. And he was going around persecuting the Christians because he thought the Christians were against God. They were contrary to God. They didn't understand this new idea, this new philosophy. And he felt he was doing service to God by persecuting the Christians. Okay? And here um, they had just stoned Stephen, the, the, one, of the, one of the early Christians, and killed him. And it says Saul was close by there when this was going on and he was supporting the people who were killing Stephen. Okay, so Acts chapter 8 from verse 1 to 4. Verse 1 says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, death of Stephen. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men, calling men and women, committed them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. I'll repeat that. Verse 4, as a consequence of what Paul, sorry, Saul at this time, and the Jews and the Romans were persecuting the Christians. Verse 4 says, as a consequence of this, they were scattered, therefore, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. Weren't they supposed to be doing that anyway? Wasn't that what Jesus told them? Said, go out into the world and preach the gospel. What were they all doing huddling in Jerusalem? What were they all doing just huddling in one place? Well, God came there and scattered them. And I'm telling us, when God comes to scatter the things that we as men are doing today on this earth, Oh boy, oh boy. What happened in the Tower of Babel is going to be child's play. And so this word is coming to prepare us, to warn us. Okay? God has called us to go out there to replenish and to spread his word. For there to be freedom. Okay? The Bible says where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. This is not liberty. This is handing your destiny over to people you don't even know. So friends, I'm going to stop here today. I'm hoping that this has been a teaching moment again once more. I look forward to being here again tomorrow to share more with you. We're not going to dwell on this topic. We're going to go into something else. But I'm glad that we're back again, uh, back live. I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe. And if you want to support us, I encourage you to go to patreon.com, patreon.com, or go directly to our website, templeoftruth.us, where you'll be able to support this work. 
uh, help us get new equipment to be able to make sure that we don't have the technical difficulties we've been having. Um, also, I want you to uh, hit the notification icon, bell or icon at the bottom of your screen. It might say subscribe also. I want you to hit the notification icon there so you can be notified anytime you upload new videos. Okay, uh, please go to our Facebook page, look for Emerging Temple and make comments on this video, ask questions. Also, in the comment section of this video, go ahead and post your own comments and be free. feel free to respond to other comments. Please be respectful um, in, your, in, in the language you use as we communicate. We can all build one another. And tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about this um, single currency for West Africa, the way they have it in, in the euro now. And do you see it as something positive? Maybe you disagree with me. Maybe you think I'm using the word of God um, unlawfully in some manner, some way, when I'm talking about these things. Please, you know, and let others learn. Let others learn. Give us your own perspective, your own point of view. Okay? Thank you so much, friends. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.